0: Welcome back to the Football Chat podcast. Today it's episode 155, and we're here to discuss a multitude of topics from this weekend. Now we're going to get into the Euros and all that sort of stuff, or the European qualifiers in at, towards the end. But we're going to start with the big breaking news of Sheikh Jassim and his bid for Manchester United being rejected, or well, him pulling out of it. Did you expect this, Harry? No, I didn't. I, th- I think for all the world, when he first showed interest, we sat here and went. Oh, another you know, big businessman from the Middle East to come over with money and no, That's how they're defined to be fair. All those big businessmen <laughs> in the Middle East they keep coming. But yeah. We thought we'd have another, you know, PSG and your city and Newcastle situation, but he got bored. Well, it's not that he got bored really, it's that Manchester United and what well, well the Glazers were playing hardball. What they... no going <laughs> no no gaming. Sheik Jassim offered multiple mi- billions, and for some reason that wasn't enough, mainly because the Glazers don't want a wholesale of the club yet. They still want to keep some part of the club, which, for United fans, is the worst possible scenario. However, there will be another another bidder, but do you think Sheik Jassim would have brought change at United, considering the investment he could have provided? I mean, yeah, even if it wasn't him personally, I think his bank account, I mean, he wouldn't noticed, but you know the amount, the sums of money they could have put into the squad, to put into the facilities, just to spend to you know yeah. go all out and splash the cash, similar to what. Chelsea well, Old Trafford with. is in desperate need of, of yeah. refurbishment. They have training grounds, apparently, like in comparison to the rest of the Premier League, they are nothing. Yeah. they're really struggling in those departments so some investments there is is needed there their playing squad could always do with some improvements and there's rumours that Jassim would have looked to sign Kylian Mbappe Eduardo Caravinga and others Kingsley Coman I believe was another one if his bid was successful so clearly a man with a lot of ambition however he won't be taking over Manchester United do you think this will be the last we hear of him or do you reckon he'll be back to try and buy another club uh, I mean he's interested in football or in terms of inch- uh, earning money in the business of football, I'm sure we'll see him back. But I mean, by the sounds of it, he's not here to mess around. He's going to put his bid yeah. in. If they don't like it, he's going to attempt to do one. Yeah, and I think he was uh, he was bidding well within market value. So the Glazers were just being too greedy. It's the fact they don't want to sell all of the club. Sergin Ratcliffe was has been the other bidder throughout the last few months, and it looks like he will finally get a deal done. But it's not for a whole purchase of the club. For twenty five percent purchase, but a control over the sporting operation. Does this make a big enough impact for United? I think the other question is where does that money going? Um, I think it. I mean, it's a good thing that uh, you know you'd like to think it's a positive thing that it'll be his role to decide where they go in terms of the sporting aspect of things. And it's not just a big business anymore. Certainly, it, no more just, Edward Woodwards. Yeah, no, that was something um, very funny, actually. To be fair, but... very amusing. I, I think it can only be a positive. Not having the Glazers run the sporting sporting directions. That, yeah. that sounds pretty good to me. But, I mean, yeah. Uh, 1.3 billion deal by 25%. Where's that 1.3 billion going? Is it straight into the pockets of the Glazers? Or is um, it to the training ground? Oh, no. I wonder. I, think I can point out a big guess at which one that's going. I, I wouldn't be surprised if United never see any of that money. It's just whether the money he invests after that yeah. is brought into the club. And actually, maybe he could do something with that other, with, the, with the money he can invest. So there's definitely options there. I think that United fans, while they are right to be a little bit annoyed about the deal, given the fact that a wholesale was on the table and now the Glazers haven't, and I'm sure they'll be making that opinion known in the coming weekends, I think that this is an improvement even though it's not the end goal. And I do think Ratcliffe will want to buy the club you know, outright. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he pursues over the next few seasons. And I mean, I've never, I mean, I know they'll they make loads of money off it. But to be as hated as they are and to show yeah. very little interest in football, why don't you just let this one go? You've got other businesses, well, mate. That's that's the thing. <laughs> they don't care. It's, it's like, They're so rich, yeah. they just don't care. Oh, these people are smashing up my stadium because they don't like me. Never mind, I've got, yeah. I've got enough money. And then I've smashing really. it up and the roof's going kind to of cave in anyway, yeah. any second now. There's reports of leaks and all that sort of stuff our in players room. can't train because our training aren't good enough. Yeah. Never mind, they're still earning me money. And the players that can train are all on <laughs> trial for merit of the <laughs> crimes. So, but yeah, I think that there's obviously a whole change needed at Manchester United which feels weird because we thought we saw that over the last few years when you've got this mass exodus in playing staff you've got the change in the manager of course Ten Hag coming in and it looked like a positive time for United they won the Carabao Cup last season they got to the FA Cup final they got to the quarterfinals of the of the Europa League yeah. so things were looking up now though just well not even 12 months but so about 5 months so yeah. we're looking at it as a dire situation I mean it's mental, isn't it? Really, but I mean, the yeah. fact is, what would it take to get the glazers off? God? every penny on the earth. Like, and yeah. it, it will get the you know the flag. Is it going to take the players to stop playing? No. Is it going to take fans? I mean, they've got no. Mate, well, the, the, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Not, you blew up the whole Manchester United. They don't care. Even if every single current match going fan didn't attend, they would sell out. I am convinced of that. Because neutral Because there good. would be fans yeah. there would be fans that don't usually go who would now be able to go and they would definitely take yeah. up the opportunity at home end. Away fans would get tickets. I, I just I don't think you don't sell out United. What they No I can't know notice then we forces a stadium back. And if anything they'll drop the tickets by a tenner. Yeah. At most. strike. they wouldn't go against the ownership. Why would they? It's two (laughs) hundred fifty grand a week to be shit. Enjoy. Why would they protest that? (laughs) It's three hundred grand a year on trial. (laughs) Enjoy this paycheck. We'll Mm. keep paying you while you're in court. Of course, you're not going to protest that. So I don't see anyone. Is there a way? Is there a way that the Glazers don't leave on their own accord? No, it'll only be if if enough money is thrown at them. I think if we're looking into the ten billion mark, I think they have to sell. Because they'll realise that's above yeah, that any potential return. Um, um, what's his name? Jassim. Is that, you know, they, the Glazers know he's got quite a bit of money about him. He yeah. could easily give them £10 billion And they'd go, yeah. thank you very much. But he doesn't want to do that. So I, said, I don't really know why. He's got enough. Yeah, has be. he? He might not be the richest... Oh he no. He might only have seven billion. He's only got seven billion. Yeah. I'm He's struggling this month. How oh. will his kids eat? I don't know. What do they eat that's seven billion quid? <laughs> Lamborghinis? I dunno. <don't> but <laughs> they are yeah. I d I don't know. Jake Jackson pulled out though. So Jim Ratcliffe seemingly gonna go in. It's gonna be interesting to see whether that has any impact, whether the money actually finds its way to the club, or whether absolutely nothing changes. Abraham's there poking out his pocket. Big smile, the government made £1.5 billion. Pounds, and I've done nothing. <laughs> and nothing yeah. All of the day's work. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Another Glazer family run, I'll be. Our second topic for today also involves the Glazers. I know, a real Glazer heavy yeah. episode today. Not great, but this revolves around the 3pm blackout. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what 3pm blackout is, it basically permits television broadcasting of any Premier League games during the 3 o'clock kickoffs in England. So we can't, at the moment, there tends to be around anywhere from 3 to 6 games or 7 games in the Premier League that are on at 3 o'clock, which we can't watch. Now, this has been long talked about, whether this should be removed, whether it can be removed, the impacts of removing it, by positive and negative. We've had our own opinions on here before, and now there seems to be an even bigger push than ever to get those games shown, and actually to show all 380 Premier League matches. Now, what's your personal opinion on this, Harry? Do we need a 3pm blackout? Is there a compromise, or do we need to show every single match? I'm really, I'm really torn. Because I'm a big fan of the lower leagues of football, yeah, and it, it's one of those where I think obviously for the I think for the match day goers, obviously it doesn't it it, it I think it affects them because they'll go to the game no matter what. I think even if it's on TV, if you're a loyal you know Premier League fan, you're going. You've got your season ticket. You're there every week, singing your club songs. Yeah, I think if you can't get to the games, obviously it'd be great to have them on TV. But I, I feel like because with the three pound blackout, everyone puts on you know Sky, you know Soccer Saturday, and that, that new Thomas bloke there, or, or if Simon, have, Thomas. Simon Thomas. are that Sky, you put on Final Score, and I feel really badly. And nobody has ever put on BT Sports Score. No one's ever watched that. And the only time people did is when Robbie Savage's kid yeah. got on for United, or it's if they've left on the game from the twelve yeah. yeah. thirty kickoff. No and they're it off. I'm gonna sit here on BT yeah. Sports Score. But I feel like when you watch those kind of things, like you get to hear, so you get big updates on everything's going on in the lower leagues, especially in England. Uh, you get the lower leagues in England and football, and I go, yeah. oh, look at that, Preston scored at Hull. I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, for most pit league, you know, who don't. Because, realistically, what would be the point in, you know, Paul Martin sitting there talking about Arsenal Bournemouth yeah. if it's on TV? Well, I think it's, it's more than that, isn't it? It's the fact that. So, the biggest argument against. You know, the biggest argument for, sorry, the three pm blackout, is the fact that having it and means that fans will go and attend local matches. So they'll go and watch grassroots. They'll go and watch yeah. their local side that are maybe in the seventh, eighth, ninth tier. That they wouldn't usually go and watch. Now that money obviously has a huge impact on those clubs. But couldn't that money from the TV deals, selling every single game, work its way down the pyramid? I'm not sure. I mean if you believe in the government then trickle down economics are a thing, so we're fine. But if you don't, you're justified. <laughs> you're correct yeah, you're correct. Then that money won't find its way to the to the lower tiers. So there's got to be some sort of solution. I would say I don't know why we need to have any games on at three o'clock. Let's not have a blackout. Let's just not play any games. Yeah. Is that not the solution it? Like the problem is that people weren't going and watching and the game at that time. Just put I mean, the games on at other yeah. times. Could you make it that Saturday, from Saturday afternoon 3pm to heartless five it is all about the lower leagues? Of yeah, and I, and I can understand from the perspective of match-going fans why the, moving that three o'clock could be frustrating. Because if you've got a season ticket but, at three o'clock, you don't want to have to go and turn up at quarter to eight. Yeah, it, exactly. So, but why can we not have the same thing on a Sunday? Why can we not put all the Premier League games on at the same time on a Sunday? Red button style. You can flick to whichever one you want to watch. The match-going fans still have a regular time slot, and then they'll move a couple others for big television fixtures. So, what Saturday night game, a Sunday morning game, that sort of stuff. Why can't we do that? Why can't we Hmm. work around that three o'clock? Keep the blackout. Don't play any Premier games during it. Your Saturday could be... So, in the more you've got all the grassroots and youth teams of football... You know, and you've 1, got 12, 30 12.30 off. And, you've got, and then you got your 12.30 to, to 20 past two. And then you sit there, you sit there for 40 minutes. And then you sit, uh, excuse sorry. sorry. Um, what was I saying? You watch, uh, the, then, you watch then, that first yeah. half, then go down your local. You yeah, get a bite, you go and watch the game, get some chips. like a, a, a great, yeah. But you, you sit there in the bar at half-time, you put on the Saturday, you see what all the half-time scores are. the championship. plough down... The road back to your house to get yeah. back in time for the five thirty. And then the set so up five different screens, put red buttons on all of them, and you're absolutely chilling. And then on yeah, and then on a Sunday you have all the other games. I feel like something like that could work. I don't know. I've I th- not. They've got they've got to optimise it though for for TV audiences, but also match going fans while not compromising the revenue streams yeah. of the lower leagues. So because, there's yeah. a lot of different factors to consider, yeah. aren't there? Because I I be honest, I think the lower leagues are great because yeah. you don't get. There's a lot also with the Premier League, you don't get that fan feeling. I mean the owner's not sat there in the crowd next to you, is You he? can't reach out and yeah. touch someone if they're taking a throw. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some bull bloke who's pot hopped down from the north to play against your local side. You're never gonna see it again, yeah. so you just shout things. That's like. about a ten percent chance it's called Jim. Yeah. nor Paul. <laughs> yeah. Either way, he's brilliant. But <laughs> he I think there is you know, a bit of charm out there. especially I mean, might not get it might might not get this abroad, I don't know, but especially in England. And I think other I think, England. Well, the English football pyramid is the yeah. best. Football pyramid I mean, in the, world. the lower leagues of England are cracking. They're brilliant. Like yeah. it's just so it, there is a bit of a charm. Yeah. A bit. Of, I think only plus. the German league is comparable. Yeah. I think their pyramid is quite decent. I mean, it's still a little bit confusing, but it's less confusing no. than many other divisions. But yeah, I think I think the English football pyramid is brilliant, and and I think a lot of those lower sides. But the thing is, I say this, I'm a hypocrite. You know, we've got a local side. We can go and watch them. We don't. Like that's that's the problem. But how? That, I, I, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think you could get the people who don't usually go to those games to go unless you move those prem games. Yeah. But if I if if you move those prem games, then maybe I do go down to the local. But instead, I'll, I'll sit in and I'll watch the scores come in because I want to see how my FPL teams going on. I want to see how preparing I'm, for a Chelsea a, part of five games. Yeah. But we can go watch the first half. Yeah. Or put games on at 8 o'clock, put the good games on at 8 o'clock, then we'll be fine. But, yeah, I feel like there's ways to work around this rather than just, well, the only option is to put all the TV games and fuck the lower leagues. Yeah. I don't think that's the situation no. here. There's got to be a compromise whether fans are willing to reach that or not, whether the league is willing to reach that or not. I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but hopefully they can come to a reasonable solution. I mean, with, but, with all the Europe, don't yeah. want three or four Premier League games on on a Saturday anyway. Yeah, on Osprey at three pm because you have the one twelve thirty, then you have about three three pm. So well, especially with especially with everything we moved now because of Europe. Yeah, yeah. you have, you have everything, but yeah. So it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see where that materializes. Now nothing could happen to three pm blackouts until twenty twenty nine due to agreements already in place. So there's more than enough time to work oh, something yeah. out here in the next five six yeah. years. They've got some time on their hands, but. Yeah, I feel like there's got to be a solution reach where us fans who like sitting at home watching it from the armchair can watch all the games, but it doesn't impact on the fans who go to the games. It doesn't impact on the lower leagues. but And also, you know, by moving more games around, there's a greater chance that it it's actually a better time for many, many yeah. other fans yeah. in other countries and stuff. And that may make the game even more accessible, which is surely what we're striving for, right? Yeah. But yeah, that's sort everything of covered. On those two topics, a lot yeah. to do with the Glazers. Oh, the Glazers' relation, by the way, they are one of the biggest pushes for the 3pm blackout yeah. being dropped because, because guess what, that's more money for the yeah. Glazers. They love money. money for the Glazers. You say, yeah, the Glazers are pushing for it, Bowie's pushing for it, I know the American owners of Burnley are pushing for it, the Americans love money. Shall we get to our final topic? It's It's a bit of a short one today, guys, I have to be honest. Not a load to talk about when it's international break, and I've also got a cold, so I'm I'm uh, conscious that my voice is probably very irritating to listen to, so apologies for that, guys. But we do have some Euro 2024 qualifying action, of course. Now, we saw England in action on Friday and in a friendly, rubbish. but it's a friendly, so who cares? And yeah, we wouldn't have scored if their defender knew how to clear a ball. So, yeah, yeah. we're, we're, not we're not going to talk about the big failure of Norway. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> What's happened, Eric? They've not qualified again. How? Oh, They've got oh, Haaland I, get I think. He's Jim quite... Jim and I think. <laughs> Shiver, I think. and indeed. I can't believe it. I think he's broken. You know. He might be. I think Erling Harland. There's something wrong with him. Yeah. I saw someone say that if there's a there's a, there's a um, still image in the. It's a system software. Up there. Where it looks like Saliba put him in rest mode. I I think Haaland's done. I, I think yeah. Something's gone. Career right. over. Yeah. I, I honestly, Erling. There's something going on, with Erling Haaland I don't know what it is. Yeah, so, On a real night, like, how of Norway not. I was going to say, looking at that Norway side, you can call upon the likes of Christopher am Morton Thorsby, Martin Odegaard, Erling Haaland, as the ones we mentioned, Alexander Sorloff, you've got Julian Ryerson. There's so much quality in that Literally, team. Literally, Eyre clears the ball to Thornby, gives it to Odegaard, gives it to Haaland. Go. It. He does yeah. go. How does that not happen? I don't get it. I don't get this football club. Who knows? Football, football nation. nation. Nation of footballing prowess. Maybe not, though, because they can't qualify for any, any competitions. Oh, well, this is the thing. Haaland's going to be 26 before he gets to play in the international tournament. If they qualify for the World He's Cup. They're probably not going Haaland's old. 26, 25, something like that, isn't it? If they don't yeah. qualify. Because they're not qualified for 24, so he can't play to 26. Haaland's old, man. But, I mean, they do still have all your knee landing goals. So I do understand somewhat <sighs> Why? where it's gone Bergen-Melling as well, not a bad left-back. Leo Ostergaard, someone I forgot oh. to mention there. Sander Berge. It's a really good team. Antonio Nusa, who they need to start playing, if not he's going to become Nigerian. So they've got an <laughs> issue. Do that? I believe he is. I was going to say, yeah, it go, I'm Nigerian now. Because <laughs> there was a, a rumour he would thing win I mean, and he forgot. got some minutes with Norway. Same chance now, qualifying for the Euros. Zero. Yeah, well, seven point eight nine average rating this season. Who's but their he's manager? amazing. But yeah, who well, the manager? It is Stala Schol. Um, Stahle, I'm gonna guess it's Stala Scholbacken, or just Stala Solbacken. To me, it doesn't sound very good. He's managed Wolves when? for six months between 2012 and 2013. That 2012 2012, Jan wolves. 2013. That won't be a good time. He then had a seven year stint at Copenhagen. Where oh. they, H M S pissed the league? <laughs> they do that every year. They've he won the league in twenty thirteen. If he was he there? Yeah. Yeah. I oh, know he, uh, he just joined. Oh, on, it just after joined. they'd won the league, yeah. so he won one, two, three titles, and then he became the Denmark manager. Right. Norway manager. Yeah. In December twenty twenty, so it's going well. Okay. His career started off at Hammer kamaratane who are now in the top flight, I don't know if they were at the time, or Norway. Group. I don't think... I mean, how do you not qualify for, for the Euros with this Norway side? Agreed. Uh, it's, just, it's just really poor. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm astounded, to be honest, because I thought... I mean, it was, was it their loss to Spain that did them in the end? Or they already had yeah. to qualify? By yeah, he, he got uh, Hamcam up to the... To, oh, that's how I've nicknamed them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, great manager. Yeah, they lost 1-0 to Spain. It was so poor we lost to Scotland not lost to you did You Scotland qualified and you didn't that's a crime and they did lose Scotland 2-1 wow and they played Scotland in about well at the end of November so but it doesn't they? matter because no. they're already out Spain pissed well, Spain didn't really piss it didn't they Spain no Spain level with Scotland if Scotland wow. win their final two games and Spain don't I mean is Scotland Tome as good as you there's got to be questions asked I, I, think... I think there's a debate to have there there is there's there's yeah definitely i look at Che adams and he just gives me drop the vibes yeah yeah i mean you talk about some of the greatest midfields of all time you've got xavier niesta Busquets, gilmore mctominay mcginn what all, all, with, all, all, all with them yeah their yeah. midfield is so delicious they just go mmm yeah <laughs> so we more to... with gilmore yep yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other puns? Any other okay, funny jokes to make? I think they're quite a good side. They're alright. Let they're me read you some English. names better than Angus English. Gunn. Is that the name mm, Yeah, sure. <laughs> Andy Watson, Scott McKenna, Aaron Hickey, Nathan That's Patterson. Better. That's better. Kenny McLean, John McGinn, Scott McTominay, it's Billy Gilmore, Shay yeah. Adams. Is at the Euros. He is their only striker. Jay Adams is playing Him at the or Heroes. Lyndon Dykes. They need a striker desperately. Maybe just put McTominay out there, which is what they normally do, right? Yeah, I can't believe Jay Adams oh, well, he's is the going the at the Euros. Yeah. That is that is honest. I I think that's, that's in the law that that can't happen. What's that, that should banned? Law. Jay Adams cannot I didn't, I didn't even mention Kieran Tierney there, by the way, yeah. or Jack Hendry, who plays with yeah. um, Gerard. Place we'll board play sport, and with Henderson. Wow, interesting guy. And for Scotland, but um, yeah. It's it's a, very, it's a surprise that they've beaten Norway to this. It really is. I mean, Cyprus and Georgia were never... And they really probably, been would have been, been, probably uh, went to in Spain the other night and finished clear top. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it Georgia? If it wasn't uh, yeah, ruled out Windley. Well, What's that? Sorry, Ge- Cyprus, uh, Cyprus and Georgia yeah. and Norway. Yeah. So, they, Cyprus and Georgia will never get it through, but Scotland over Norway? Really? Really? Embarrassing. Yeah, he's a bad, it's he's poor, poor, really poor. Yeah, I mean, they really should be doing better there. Yeah. Shall we talk about qualification Group B then? Because we've covered yep. Group A. Group B, this is an interesting one, right? So, at the time of recording, we have Ireland on tonight. Why is this important, Harry? I can't remember. Well, the only way Ireland can <laughs> qualify for the Euros is by losing oh, yeah. a Euro 2024 qualifier. Now, because Greece are sat second, if Netherlands win tonight, they'll go above Greece and into second place. The reason this is so important, or well, leveled for second place. This is important, is that the way the qualifying works now in the Euros, is that if they, they you can qualify through the Nations League. Now, Netherlands wouldn't quali- would, would qualify through the Nations League rather than Ireland. So they need the Netherlands to qualify through the group, so then Ireland qualify through the Nations League. It's a. If Greece it's, qualified for the group. Netherlands qualified for the I Nations up there. We ever get into a situation in an international tournament. It's ludicrous. How it have we set this ludicrous. up? But yeah. Oh, then, of course, right. England are pissing the league. Come on. Oh, yeah. Beating England, Italy what? tomorrow night. Well, last yeah. night at the time of watching Hopefully or listening, then, yeah. probably one knowing us yeah um, good, but we are and then we have Wales and Croatia who well Wales won last night meaning they are now second in the group and well quite a favourable end to the group of Armenia and Turkey not favourable Um they are going to struggle to get through Croatia though it's not been comfortable they've lost I mean, to Turkey they've lost to Wales there I it's say ideal are we going to see the whole of the UK at Euro twenty twenty four? no Do you want to know why? Why not? Because Northern Ireland are fifth in their group. (laughs) With Slovenia, Denmark, Denmark, Finland, Kazakhstan and San Marino. What a terrible group. They have beaten San Marino twice. Well done. And they have lost to everybody else. They lost to Kazakhstan? Yes. They lost to Kazakhstan? 1-0 in both of those games. They're not even professional footballers. Hang on, go to Northern Ireland's squad. I don't think we're going to know any of them. Who plays for Northern Ireland? Connor Hazard, the Plymouth goalie. He's a hazard. Johnny Evans, Paddy McNair, Jamal Lewis, George Savile, not related to Jimmy. Shay Charles, Josh McGuinness, Dion Charles. It's really poor. But that team doesn't lose to Kazakhstan. They're part-time footballers over there. Kazakhstan aren't too bad. No, I ranked 100 by FIFA, but luckily we don't pay attention to that. I don't know any of these people. Exactly. Well, one of them plays with Besiktas, he must be a baller. They're all part-time footballers. They're not. There's a lot of pros here. Some of them are part-time (laughs) footballers. I mean, what was their score in San Marino? With Kazakhstan? No, um, Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. They won 3-0. Yeah. And 2-0. That's not convincing. Dion Charles getting both goals. Literal butchers. Because they, they are, they yeah. are butchers and and other jobs, other occupations. They have jobs. And Tony Evans, who is employed at Manchester United, should be beating, be yeah. comfortably in Group A. Albania are a win away from qualifying now. Big for them, yeah, or a point yeah. away from qualifying, and they've got two games to do that. So a very strong group stage, for, yeah. Well, qualification stage from Albania, and those two games are against Moldova and the Faroe Islands. So they should have no problems yeah, dispatching okay. of those two. Yeah. And, well, that means that either Czechia or Poland will be knocked out. More likely to be Poland because they are, a big, they've are they played a game more and are on a point less than Czechia. I think that's big. Yeah. No lower at the Euros. And they do play each other. Well, it's Poland's and Czechia's next game is each other. Big game, that. So. Big game, big game, that. So, it's interesting, we're going to miss some big teams at the Euros. Well, potentially so. We've got, well, Sweden are out if yeah. Austria win tonight. Against Azerbaijan, so that should be another team qualifying. Belgium already through, so that's all right for them. Hungary and Serbia should get through, but there's still a chance Montenegro get getting ahead of Serbia. Yeah. But Hungary are already, or well, can confirm their place with a win <laughs> against Lithuania tonight. Uh, then we've spoken about Group H. That's the group where Northern Ireland are looking tragic. In Group I... How many groups are there? There are a lot. In Group I, Romania are currently getting through on 16 wow. points. As I, and they've played all their games. Right. Have they played eight games? Oh, because they play, have to play ten. They've not played all their games. Oh, they've still got to play Israel. Yeah. Away. How they're badging that one, I don't know. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> Romania and Switzerland should be country Should country get anyway. through. Israel's still with a chance, though, that if they win their two games in hand on Romania, then suddenly they'll find themselves level. Well, ahead of them, actually. Um, obviously, they've got a lot of games to catch up on, though. Yeah. A lot of postponed fixtures. So yeah no way of telling where israel be. and to be fair they may just not be allowed to f- they may not ever be able to fulfill those games no. so yeah or do what ukraine have done and play in neutral venue potentially so that could happen yeah if any neutral venues win to let them probably wembley seeing how our government loves them so much and then yeah. group j well portugal have absolutely walked it and that's between slovakia and luxembourg for a place i mean luxembourg pull yeah. it off even slovakia i think is bigger if slovakia got uh, bloody old black mate I oh, know they don't they've got yes that's what I am saying and Marak Rodak that'd be annoying if your two best players are both <laughs> they've, got... they've got Jure Kuksha, Lashlo Benes they've got Andre like, Duda Stanislav Lobotka Stanislav Lovka you know Slovenian Slovenian I believe again I'm not they are the same oh, honestly, to me to be honest I like... apologies I are from flags different yeah But still, a few games to go in that. Portugal already qualified. It could be anyone from Slovakia to Iceland. Liechtenstein. I don't think they're going to pull it off. No, I think they're They're already out. But they are also on zero points with a minus 20 goal difference. At least get a point. They scored one goal. Who scored it? Let's find out. He's getting a shout out. It was Wolfinger. What a name. The, other, the right wing back Sandro Wolfinger who has not got a registered club of football, but did once play for SV Heimstetten between February 2015 and June 2018. I, I think, think he's he, a great guy to yeah, end the ball on. Quality geezer. I'm sure, one today, guys. Apologies, there's not a load to talk like about. Members, and also, you know, hey again. Make yes, yeah, sorry, members, and so, sorry anyone listening, uh, especially for my voice today. Hopefully, we'll be all better before yes. Wednesday's video and before Predictions on Friday. Uh, P.O. back. Look out for Hallelujah. that. Premier League is back. Very excited. We're live this weekend for Chelsea vs Arsenal. Do not miss it. We'll be live Dead. from <laughs> quarter past five. But That's everything for this week. Thank you guys very, very much for watching or listening and we'll see you next time. See ya.